0: at the end of the day marriage is a covenant not based on you know the foundations are not put into how you feel about one another but into the commitment and the vow you make to one another yeah. and so that be, and that will serve as you walk through times of seasons of feeling like you're going in different directions feel like the questions the questions are not oh man are we compatible no the question is you've made commitments so yeah. figure it out Welcome everybody to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Groon, pastoral resident at Emmaus Road Church. I am joined with Ryan Chase, pastor, and for the first time on the pod, the Logan Thune. Welcome, Logan. It's good to be here. <laughs> man, this is oh, all awesome. anticlimactic. Yeah, it well, it wasn't my <laughs> fault. It wasn't my fault. Yeah, I I did my best. Uh, but man, we are we're thrilled to, that you would take time out of your morning to come Chat with us. Um, you know, I, I think I can speak for everybody when we say how grateful we are as a church for you. I don't yes. know if I know anybody who's as well read uh, and as sharp of a thinker as Logan. So, our church is so much stronger because of you and your That's leadership. Right. So, we are thankful for you and are eager to hear your thoughts on this particular topic. Um, so, today, the topic at hand is singleness. Um, this is a large topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if we can do, like all things, I'm not sure we can do justice in 20 to 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are going to try to keep it within the... Ryan, and I got a little... You get carried away sometimes. <laughs> so, it happens. Apologies to, to all of our beloved listeners. Um, but, okay, so singleness today. Ryan, let, let's start with you. Um, you've written a couple blogs for our church uh, regarding singleness. And, and Logan and I were talking before, they might be the most, some of the most helpful mm. um, blogs or just thoughts on it uh, that I've ever read. So let, let's, start with, let's start with those. Uh, how have you in, in writing and in, in your past in writing and, and thinking, and Logan, you can jump in here as well, how have been helpful ways that you have thought through the biblical category of
1: singleness? Yeah. Well, that blog post you're referring to, uh, I called that singleness as suffering, and I can't take credit for that as an original thought to me. Um, Doug Wilson has been helpful to me. He's articulated that point. I, I just think when it comes to singleness, oftentimes you hear people talk about uh, singleness as a gift, mm. and people get that from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, where... Paul says specifically to the unmarried, he says uh, in verse eight, to the unmarried and the widows, I say that it's good for them to remain single as I am, but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry for it's better to marry than burn with passion. And then he acknowledges that um, each has his own gift. This is in in verse seven where he says, I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. Hmm. So because Paul uses the word gift and he's talking about singleness from that, uh, a lot of times within the church, people talk about the gift of singleness right. and kind of just assume by default, if you're single, you have the gift of singleness. Yeah, um, and, and I think that there is a way to think about singleness as a gift, but I think Paul is talking um, n- not about just whether or not you're m- married. Uh, he's talking about the gift of... Um, you know, for those people being married would be a distraction Mm. for somebody like Paul who was not married Mm. and his entire life was devoted, risking his life for the sake of the gospel. That's one thing. Um, for other people who would like to be married and are not singleness can be a, a form of suffering. Mm. Um, and we would recognize that suffering is also from God's hand. Um, Genesis 50, when Joseph, looking back on his life, can say to his brothers, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. He's he's recognizing the sovereignty of God over the circumstances of his life, even even though those were hard circumstances. Um, Paul talks about, you know, it's been been granted to you to suffer for the sake of of Christ's name. So there's a gift there, but we, we could say that of something like cancer. This is filtered through God's hand, but just I, I just have found that helpful to have a category for thinking of singleness mm. for those who really want to be married, yeah. to, to just acknowledge honestly, rather than continuing to try to convince themselves, right I love this. This is the best. This is what I want for my life. Just being honest to say, no, th- this is hard. Yeah. And I can still receive it from God. This is what he has for me right now in this season of my life, but it's difficult. And then I think you start looking in scripture for different uh. Resources. Yeah. How do how do we handle suffering then? Yeah. So that, that's just in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, I, I it, think the thinking of it in that way seems to help move it into a category where, like you said, we can avail ourselves now of different promises um, where God has spoken on things like suffering. I think it's helpful to think through it in that way um, because I think what you were describing is exactly right. Singles might think, well, look to their status and say, well, because I my status is thus, I must have this gift that I don't want yeah, <laughs> right, and so having one convince yourselves of the other, um so logan what do you, what do you think on on that what, what <laughs> yeah, I think it's just helpful in the
2: sense that um again, you're not trying to convince somebody that they're in a place they they wish that they were married, they wish that they could pursue a good gift from God, and yet they're in the, they find themselves in a place where they're like this isn't this isn't what I desire, so I think. I th- like like we said, I think those posts from Ryan, if, if you haven't read them yet, um, there's two in particular, Singleness as Suffering, and then there's another one that's kind of in tandem with that. It was um, It Takes Two to Tango. Mm. I think that gives a positive vision of kind of pursuing marriage. So if someone is in a place where um, they're kind of stuck and they're like, well, how do I begin to, to move forward in that direction? Um, I think both of those were great. Yeah. Um, I think another thing in in the sense of like, okay, if this isn't a gift, if this is a form of, you know, suffering for me, um, can I still live a, a good Christian life mm-hmm. in that? Um, I think there is a helpful thing in our statement of faith um, regarding, uh, th- this is the Sovereign Grace statement of faith regarding singleness. Yeah. Um, and it just says, single men and women are no less able to enjoy and honor God, and no less important to his purposes, they also are to give expression to God's image in distinct and complementary ways, flourishing as his image bearers and bringing him glory in their singleness. Mm. And so it's not that, oh, you're not married, therefore second-class citizen right. or, or something like that, um, but it is. We're recognizing marriage is a good thing. It uh, ought to be pursued for those who don't have the gift of celibacy, um, and yet even in your place, there's a still way to honor and glorify
0: mm. and be obedient uh, to God um, as a man or a woman. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's helpful for us to think, too, just our, like our context, we're a fairly, you know, generally a younger-ish church. And, you know, you can, we, one thing we do want to not shy away from is we do want to uphold marriage as a good and godly thing. Yeah. Um, it, you know, our society wants to just flatten everything out of, no, things are equally good, um, but then people who are single desiring to be married are wondering, well, it is a good thing I'm desiring, right? It's, it is a thing that is for my good. Um, and so we just recognize that we live in, we live in a church, or we, we're part of a community that has varying degrees of, of quote-unquote statuses, and, uh, and wanting to love one another and share in fellowship with one another, in gospel community with one another, without the temptation or Understanding the temptation to compare all the time is everywhere. Look at, mm-hmm. and I think that might be developed also in just our media's the the media training we've had to view each other only through curated lenses of those people over there. They're they're married, so they are just and they're just clearly so much happier than me. I want that, and the same could be said too of people who are married trying to have children mm. and look at people who just keep getting just keep having children. Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> okay. They just keep having kids and say, "Like, why can't we?" That's that's a good thing that we desire. Why can't yeah. we have that? And it, it's not hard for them to view that as suffering. So I think it helps us to to to, to move those categories in those yeah. in those directions.
1: And I think one way that I've seen people within the evangelical church handle that is to try to make people feel better than they uh, accuse others of idolizing. Mm. Marriage yeah. and children <clears throat> and a yeah. family, as, as if you know, if we could downplay that right. and and communicate that that's not really all that great or shouldn't be desired that much, that would help other people who are wanting it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's the answer, no. because Scripture clearly commends marriage. Proverbs eighteen twenty two: He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Marriage itself is a reflection of. Christ and his relationship with the church. Marriage is instituted by God in the very beginning in the opening chapters of Genesis. And Jesus refers to that. God is the one who joins a man and a woman. So yes. it's clearly a good thing. Same thing with with children. And so nobody's helped in the end by trying to downplay that. Mm. But when you just acknowledge um, we all in various times of life with different issues experience that have we want something and we don't have it. Yeah. So then the question becomes, how, how do I honor God in that? Because you really can act sinfully mm-hmm. when you want something that you don't have. Mm-hmm. But you can also act in godly ways in those those uh, situations, cultivating contentment, trusting in the Lord. So, but you just start looking to different places yeah. in Scripture for those those resources when you are honest about where you're at and what you want and the fact that it's a struggle. Yeah, that's helpful.
2: I think... Maybe the next step in the in the question, okay, if we've set that as kind of the foundation, marriage is good, um, the gift of singleness is often misunderstood, mm-hmm. um, you know, Paul's speaking more about the gift of celibacy. What, what are the ways in which then we can ask ourselves, or if you're in a situation where you are single, you ask yourself, how do I know if I actually have what Paul's speaking of yeah. or whether or not um, I desire marriage? What are some helpful... Maybe questions that, that a person could ask to say, do, like, do I desire marriage or am I struggling with, mm. with lust in this way? Um, what, are, what are some of those questions that would take somebody in a state of singleness and say, get a move on or like work in. And that's not to say that you can just will something like that into <laughs> existence. <laughs> but well, there but, might be but, steps you can take. Yeah, take, you know. you know, move in a direction saying, I don't think I have the gift of celibacy as, you know, Paul mm.
0: talks about it. Um, so m- either of you want to, well, I want to, maybe I can jump in a little bit and, and fill that out. I think also, do, is there something to be said to of our, uh, I'm trying to think of how to, how how to say it best of feeling frozen in, uh, you know, our, I just think our society, I know this was happening when I think when I was in high school and college and looking Looking to be married, there's this question of is she the one? Like, mm. they're, okay, there there may be a uh, there may be availability. Like, there are other single, godly Christian women around, but this cultural uh, question of are we, I'm looking for my soulmate? I'm mm. looking for the one. And I think, yeah, can, does that affect me? Because if I might ask, you know, these questions of do I desire marriage? Okay, what if the answer is yes, but nowhere there is quote unquote the one? Mm. Do I mm. just like? pause? Do I just throw her in park and just wait? Or are there other, like, does the Bible have something to say about to, to that? Is yeah. that a godly thing? Is that a, is that a biblical thing to just be on the search for the one, the quote-unquote one God has ordained for yeah. me?
1: You know, help us do that. I, I think we've got two different questions well, there. Yeah. And take those <laughs> yeah. in turn. Um, I, I think first, Logan, to the point you bring up, how do you discern? So do I have the gift of celibacy that, that Paul has where he's content not to be married, for him to be married would be a distraction. He talks that way in 1 Corinthians 7 about marriage Mm -hmm. being a distraction from the things of the Lord. And I think that a lot of uh, well-intentioned Christians read that. You read things in 1 Corinthians like, to the unmarried and the widow, I say, it's good for them to remain single, as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they Mm -hmm. should marry. And you read that and you think, that sounds like a challenge. Yeah, And so yeah. I'm going to rise to that challenge and, you know, self-control is a fruit of the spirit. So what do you mean if I can't exercise self-control? And and so I think sometimes y- you have this like, it's it's the way a lot of guys react to, um, you know, a, a poster, a recruitment poster for the Marines. You see this and it's posing a challenge. You're like, do you have what it takes? Mm. And the guy's like, yeah, I want to prove <laughs> that I do. So, so you read this and you feel this need to like, well, I, I have to prove that I am a super Christian yeah. by... Yeah. Remaining single, yep. like Paul says, and and I I think that's misreading yep. Paul. Um, I I think there is a uh, he he's carving out a category here. Th- this is not for everybody, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And it doesn't make you a second rate Christian or mm-hmm. a less sanctified Christian. Um, it, there's an honesty here about desires that God has put within your heart and mm-hmm. having sexual desires is not in and of itself sin, that's a yeah. God-given thing, but it can be expressed in sinful ways, in a lack of self-control, yeah. but it can also be um, expressed in godly ways. And yeah. so you can still exercise godly self-control yeah. and move toward marriage. Yeah. So I, I think that um, that just creates, I, I know for a lot of people, wrestling with this yeah. need, like I, I have to prove... Yeah, I'm a you know Navy SEAL level Christian, well,
2: and and I think Paul, when he talks, I mean clearly he's talking about the category of of lust, and if you're freed from that and whatnot. Um, even if we back up and say, um, and I think you you address this a little bit in um, one of those blogs that we mentioned earlier, but you take the, you know the good of marriage in the beginning. What did marriage actually come in? And uh, well, it was good that you know man. Or it was not good for man to be alone. Right. So there's a sense in which um, marriage is this thing that gives companionship. It gives um, a helpmeet to the man so that they can be on mission together. Um, so one, uh, if if you're lonely, yeah. there's marriage is actually a a godly and a right um, solution to, to that long-given provision. Um, so that, I think that would be one question. In addition, um, you know, do you desire godly offspring? Marriage was given so that the earth could be filled with, with worshipers. And so, um, so that, uh, you could be fruitful and multiply, um, so that the earth would be, uh, full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. So in that, uh, do you desire kids? (laughs) That could be a question that takes you from this, oh, I don't need marriage or I don't want to be married to, hey, th- this is a good thing and, and I desire it. Um, and,
1: and, and on that question, do you yeah. desire kids? It's, it's worth thinking out um, not just like would I like to have kids right now in my life, but to yeah. think out decades Generationally, Like one yeah. day you're going to be 70, 80 years old, mm-hmm. and at that stage in your life are you going to wish yeah. that you had children and grandchildren yeah. there?
2: Mm-hmm. And that's good because that addresses – you know, we're always thinking in like right now weekly intervals yeah. or le- yeah. or less or like, you know I don't that. need kids they
1: just be a burden right now they're it, right? Yeah. They be in pain yeah um, right. but then
2: I think the ultimate question above all that then would be like people are s- sitting here like I don't need to be married and yet you know and I don't know if I can say this but like they're, they're struggling with pornography or yeah. um, you know they're burning with lust inside and they're um, sitting here saying no i'm i'm content in my singleness Mm -hmm. i think that person um needs to recognize you don't have the gift of celibacy you desire yeah the the god-given right uh context and place in which you can have uh obedience sexually so um i think that's a big category (laughs) well
0: i think exactly i think that's exactly right ryan what you guys both described recognizing first like you know if i desire marriage then singleness is you know is a, to me is now a category of suffering mm-hmm. and then all the things you just listed logan it helps us self-diagnose ourselves and say and be honest with myself and thinking through um, what are my desires are they good and godly mm-hmm. and then what now steps can i take towards that good and godly desire instead of trying to de- not quote unquote, you know not deceive yourself but convince yourself that no yeah. what i have is actually you know my desires i just need to we need to mortify the desires of the flesh, which is, you know, okay. There's a place for that, namely, like how you described it in yeah. pornography and, and the rest. But those are sinful, sinful um, uh, finding a place, finding sinful places to manifest that yeah. desire rather than in the good and godly yeah. areas to desire. Right.
2: Uh, r- all right, Ryan, put you on the spot here. Uh, so let's say somebody's struggling with pornography, lust, burning with passion, as Paul says. Um, is that a disqualifying thing for moving towards marriage? Or how would you um, navigate that? And I know it's not a one-size-fits-all, but um, any, any thoughts to, to, oh, because I struggle with this, therefore I'm, I'm not a good enough person I'm not to, ready. to um, yeah. throw a softball yeah. to you there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very real... Uh, prevalent thought for many people. Um, f- first of all, yes, pornography is sin. There are illicit, immoral expressions of sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not enough to say, well, sexual desire is God-given and I can't help it. Right. Um, scripture says you can. And so whatever God says, we have to s- start there. So Romans 6, put to death what's earthly. And you, Colossians 3, um, you have in Christ the resources that you need to be killing sin. Romans 8, the way that John Owen famously summarized that, be killing sin or it will be killing you. Right. Um, and realize that you know something like pornography is not uh, feeding your sexual desire in any healthy way. It is actually destroying it and twisting it and and creating a false satisfaction where you're mm-hmm. settling for something, you know, a counterfeit that's way less than mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God's intention. Um, so, so I think starting there in repentance and faith, and and beginning to believe, rather than giving yourself a pass. What what, what I often hear uh, from people is kind of in expectation, like, well, I'll just see how long I can go, you know, mm-hmm. weeks or months at a time, and that that's good without giving in to this sin. And I think the expectation should be what God's expectation is for you in Christ, that you continue to walk in newness of life and repentance, that you get up when you fall, um, but that you put that to death. So it's sin, and sin is not a disqualifier for marriage, but sin should be dealt with through the resources God has given us in the gospel. Repentance and faith, look to Christ, experience and receive and enjoy that forgiveness, and then walk in that and, and take steps. And so then the question is, well, how long... Um, and I think there really should be a pattern of obedience. So, you know, if a guy says, well, I've, I've been free from por- pornography for six weeks, <laughs> a, a woman on the other end of that might have reason to doubt mm-hmm. the sincerity of that yeah. repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, so f- for your sake, continue to walk in that over the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if that feels daunting or overwhelming, kind of like that Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago. The second best time is today, mm-hmm. so if you're behind, <laughs> start now and begin to, to and, walk. It and down. the, you know, even
2: in regards to that, uh, the obligations of of the marriage covenant and of the possibility of future children, pornography really is like the anti of all those obligations. Yes. It's it's yeah. me and my desires, and I'm gonna consume and and all of it is no, you know, seemingly no strings attached, and yet. It's conditioning us in ways that make it harder and harder than, you know, when we would get to the point of poss- possibly being married to actually uh, yeah. <laughs> do that well, um, yeah. because it's, it's, it's training
0: us in the wrong way. That's
1: right.
2: Um, so, yeah.
0: All right. So guys, to the singles in our church or to those, to the singles out there, are there any principles that you, so we've, we've framed it up. I think, you know, we, we, we've, we've built the, the, the foundation, and the structure of thinking biblically through the idea of suffering or uh, of singleness, um, and, and, and the good that marriage is, um, it's good to desire it, all those things. Now, you know, are there any principles of next steps or like, how can, how can a single in our church be godly, um, and yet want and live in a life of desire for a good thing now? Hmm. Logan, you want to take a run at that?
1: Sure,
2: sure, I suppose. Um, yeah, I would say, one, we have a desire not to let, um, you know, un- unbiblical checklists or standards that are not in God's will to dictate and direct really our, um, you know, efforts at finding a spouse. Um, and Or n- and not to say that those are always, like, Irrelevant, but I think we place, you know, certain categories of who we're going to, you know, pursue way higher than the, the actual foundational things that, that God would call us to. So the, the, the clear, like, biblical standards is, um, is it a marriage in the Lord? Is this other person that I'm, you know, interested in um, a Christian? I think that would be the, the first question to ask, Um Everything else kind of flows down from that. Um, and that's not to say that, um, you know, being attracted to somebody is, is bad or to have uh, compatibility, you know, in a personality or shared likes uh, or, or interests is a bad thing. Um, I think, though, sometimes we we don't take those first steps because no one's meeting any of our checklists. Mm. And it's like the longer that a person waits with all of this um, you know, I'm just waiting for the perfect person. And like, we, we almost get more picky and more judgy and more, uh, particular in those, uh, like, like gauging if that person is right for me or not. Um, and it just can, can paralyze people in some ways. So, um, I, I don't know if I necessarily answered the question, but I think prioritizing what are the things that, um, ought to be there, um, and then what are me maybe just letting my preferences get way in the way, and somebody could probably add to that. I
1: I think that's helpful because it's, it it may not seem as practical as like, all right, step one is, you know, go get this dating app, and step two is Mm -hmm. there might be a time for conversations for that level of practicality, but it is intensely practical to say, you know, one of the first things that you can do, whether or not you see any living person on the other side as an option right now is just examining what do you even consider to be an option? Are, mm. are those standards, that, that checklist that you have in mind, um, is that informed by God and and, and yeah. His Word? So prioritizing, like you said, the, the things that, that God values. So, you know, that kind of comes back, Matt, to the question you brought up earlier. Are you looking for the one? Right. Is that a, a biblical way to think? It's actually a a pagan way of thinking, uh, the idea that, <laughs> y- you know, y- you were at one time, um, this y- united entity separated then that that's where this concept comes from. Um, it- you were separated, you know, pre birth <laughs> and-, and now you're looking for that counterpart to whom you were, were at one time joined and now you're not, um, th- that's just not a Christian idea right. at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that's and I think Logan, you hit it too of just this wanting to find you know this checklist um that we have and it, it I think what that does though is the checklist this perfect you know curated checklist of the one you know we might not say it's you know in, in those terms like I'm looking for the one uh, the almost this pagan idea, but thinking of okay, I'm looking for the perfect you know helpmate, yeah. we might use biblical terms um I think what that does though however is. It can tend that that view can tend to bleed into how we actually view marriage. As marriage is just this perfect compatibility all the yeah. time. We are always because I I did so much research in finding the perfect you know compa- we're the yeah. same temperament, we're the same everything. Because I've done that, then therefore marriage is just this intensity of love. That's right. These two all people. that marriage, yeah. then I mm-hmm. should expect that marriage then is all the time compatibility, whatever. Yeah. I think that it, it that sets us up poorly for <laughs> yeah. If you do end up finding the perfect one you're going to be <laughs> you're going to be disappointed when you get to marriage and there's arguments and and tension and all the rest because at the end of the day marriage is a covenant not based on you know the foundations are not put into how you feel about one another but into the commitment and the vow you make to one another yeah. and so that be, and that will serve as you walk through times of seasons of feeling like you're going in different directions feel like the questions the questions are not, oh, man, are we compatible? No, the question is, you've made commitments, yeah. so figure it out. Yeah. There, there's a vow. There's now. a there's vow a, going on. A, so I covenant. think that at, yeah. what that does, I think it just kind of, to me, uh, it, it helps take the, 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 the load off the shoulders of finding the perfect person that's yeah. perfectly compatible for me and saying, okay, who? what are some steps that I can take right now? And, and then when opportunity, all the things, Logan, you were saying, of godliness and um yeah sure, sure, there should be some some compatibility, some attraction, um but those not being ultimate things and then you know commit yeah. yourself to for life to one another, and then walk in that and then the question, what do I do right now well you know i I would argue that and I think I said this a few weeks ago, at the heart of biblical manhood what does it mean to be a man? It's aimed at fatherhood, and the, at the heart of biblical womanhood is aimed at motherhood, so there's and those imply. A marriage, but that's not always realized. And there's also there's this case of um, wanting to lead the the complementarian you know theology that we love and we cherish and are talking about here. There's leadership involved and submission involved. And even though you're not, that's primarily in marriage. The things you can do right now as a single man is work to be, take steps to be the type of man that can lead a woman. Yeah. biblically that and an
1: intelligent and, that's right capable woman would, yeah. would want to respect that's and, right and well that's the knowledge. other thing
0: and for for women to to look for the type of man who's worthy enough for you to submit your life to yeah uh I think
2: we mentioned Doug Wilson earlier. He, he's usually helpful in, in these these type of matters, but he has three helpful questions that I think somebody can ask. Um, and again, we've probably covered some of this ground already, but the first one is, is it lawful? So as a, as a Christian lawful means I'm marrying in the Lord, I'm marrying a Christian. Mm. Uh, also, um, is this person of the opposite sex? I mean, that's a biblical category of lawfulness. Yes. Is this an actual marriage? Um, uh, you know, when you're speaking to Christians, you maybe assume that you don't have to say that, but societally, that that's a hot-button issue right now. Secondly, the question, uh, is there opportunity? Um, I think that one just says, do you have an honest stock of yourself? Do, do, do you think way more highly of yourself than you ought? Is, is the person that you're pursuing... a a realistic option for you? Um, So on both ends, whether you're the guy or the girl, I think it's just, is this person a a possibility? Um, And then lastly, do you desire it? Um, Is there that attraction? Is there, I think those three questions are, are are helpful and they kind of cover a broad um, base there. But um, I think Matt, you said that exactly like, okay, if, if you're a guy, if, uh, are you going somewhere? Are you on a mission um, and do you do you know are, is, is that trajectory um, a godly kingdom orientation right um, and if you're a woman um, are you willing to submit in the direction that whatever man you might mm-hmm. find is is going um, I think those two questions um, would really uh, clarify things
1: yeah I, yeah. I think, those points you guys are making are, are so valuable because we live in a culture where Hollywood, whether we like it or not, realize it or not, has really discipled us on this thinking, um, the way that we think about romance, mm. marriage, love, what we think love is. And and in our culture, we want to start with the romance, the sparks, the feelings, the attraction, the thrill, mm-hmm. all of that, and then move toward marriage, and mm-hmm. a lot of people find like, well, that thrill is so great, I just wanna do that over and over again and mm-hmm. never get to marriage. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you start with what is marriage, it's a covenant commitment. So Matt, you're talking right. about, it's not primarily about does this person make me feel good about myself all yeah. the time, it's am I willing to commit myself to this person right. to lay down my life for this person, no matter how I feel. Correct. Bring that into marriage, no matter how you feel, whether or not you feel the attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, Whether or not it it gives you butterflies in your stomach. So it's a commitment first. So when we think about like arranged marriages, or you read an arranged marriage in scripture, in (laughs) in a Western Hollywood romanticized view, we're like, how could that possibly be? (laughs) How dare they? But it starts with a commitment, and then feelings can grow within that. So I'm not saying everybody has to go out and find an arranged marriage. <laughs> no. But I, I do think you have to start with that understanding mm-hmm. to have a realistic view of what you're even yeah. looking to. And this might be the last, last thing we have time for, but
0: um, I think it's also helpful for us to remember, or to, I think we, we touched on it earlier a little bit, but the sanctifying work that can happen mm. by being married. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a, I think sometimes we can set up these expectations of, I need to be, you know, like we're talking about with pornography, I have to be, which is, you know, that's a different, that's a cat. There's, there's wisdom there, but I need to be perfect before I am qualified to be married. And then we can start from this spot of perfect and just keep growing from perfect and perfect. And Ryan, you have a quote, I'm Logan posted this. I'm not sure what the blog's from, but you have a quote. You said this, some people have this hyper-spiritualized idea that all of their motives and desires have to be perfect. All their sins conquered. All their maturity achieved before marriage. Not only is that unrealistic, it fails to recognize that marriage and then parenthood are sanctifying relationships that God wields on our souls to produce maturity. Mm. And that is money. And I think it's also experientially, I think all of us can attest to that, of nothing showed me how selfish I was Mm -hmm. Like getting married, Mm -hmm. and then now I'm in this forced community where I have to put to death that selfishness because there's just somebody there all the time that I am responsible for and with, and um, and the effect that that can have on the soul is incredible. Jamie and I say all the time, you know, we just were spiritually immature, you know, running around in circles. When we got married, the Lord started to really move, Mm. and and we both like it's been definitely the. Uh, the means of sanctification in our life is just our marriage, and then that just been amplified as kids yeah, come. Okay. So that, you know, don't... Creates realistic expectations. Right. Yeah. Don't downplay the the effect that marriage can have in your sanctification That's good. rather than waiting to be perfectly sanctified before marriage. Yep. Um, okay, well...
1: Lots more we could lots say. Lots more we could <laughs> say. Yeah,
0: Logan, thank you so much,
1: man. Thanks for giving us your thoughts. It's fun. Great to have you thoughts. with us. Until next time.